What is going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's Pardon the Disruption. If our pregame is any indication of how this is going to go, y'all are in for a treat this week. I am your host, Matthew Potter, uh, short sale guy, hedge fund connection, and co-founder of The Family Tree at Real Broker. If we can help you grow your business, go ahead and reach out to me. For those that are tuning in for the first time, we're going to give you a breakdown of how this works. We have five pre-selected questions. Uh, all thoroughly researched by our panelists, of course. Um, they will have 45 seconds to answer. Then they will have two minutes to go ahead and chop it up. And after that, they will get a, a point if they win the argument. Um, we're going to go ahead and start out with uh, introductions. Last week, our winner, Steve Trang, Mr. Disruptor. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm glad that we have the A Squad back together. I'm looking forward to an amazing show. Um, there's a, there's a, something I think RJ is going to want to share. Uh, it's something I'm really proud that he's able to, to, to get, um, you know, every once in a while, when someone's down, you want to help lift them up, lift their spirits, do something kind. And so, you know, RJ has been on a, on a, on a down streak. No one's laughing at his jokes and we wanted to really help him out. So really excited for that. Dude, he looks like a down streaker, man. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Next up, we have Leon. Do not forget the G Barnes uh, with Collective Genius. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What's up, everyone? I'm excited to have the squad back. It, um, if you've noticed lately, my shoulders have been slumped. I've been carrying this show for the last two weeks. So it's nice to have RJ and CJ back, man. It's, uh, it's been a while. Excited to have you guys back on the show and actually have some dialogue. Oh, man. <laughs> I told you, you guys are in for a treat today. Coming to us <laughs> from DFW, we have Mr. RJ Bates the third. Introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm excited to be back. I actually think I'm on a, a three-in-a-row win streak going all the way back to when, apparently, for winning the live event, I got this hockey jersey, right? King Clover <laughs> on the back. Love it. I'm excited to be here to hang out with Leon, CJ, and don't forget the 33rd best wholesale podcast host. (laughs) (laughs) Let us see the the whole jersey. I I, kind of showed you. You you For everyone else. For everyone else. There we go. Congratulations winning the very first live PTD event. There you go. Absolutely. We sent that to you just so we didn't have to hear about those damn belts anymore, brother. That's what that, that's what that's for. Last, certainly not least, we have <clears throat> Mr. Pixelated over there with a Mac today. We got Chris Jefferson. CJ, go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, no, I, I come before you humbly today. Um, <laughs> and, uh, in, in, in 1K. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Uh, I missed last week. Apparently, RJ, you know, coerced somebody into giving him a victory again. Uh, so good for him. Uh, but it's good to be back. Good to see you, gentlemen. And uh, let's get into it, man. Absolutely. It is great to have you guys back. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it with question number one. Will Smith's friend is on a smearing campaign against Will Smith stating wild claims against the actor. What would you do if your alleged friend is smearing you and saying things about you? Start us off, Steve. 
I think my initial reaction would be hurt. And I know that I am apparently known for not having a lot of feelings, but I would be hurt, right? I mean, if Leon, RJ, right, was just like saying all these awful things about me, that's that's probably the first place I would go. I would seek to understand, but then I'll probably at the end pull the CJ, right? It's like, hey, I understand <laughs> you said some things and I want to understand where it's coming from. Maybe, maybe it's better if I hear it directly from you. There you go. Right. Uh, but then, you know, at the end, if they're really saying these things, then they're just cut off, right? They're going to fall into that category of dead to me, which unfortunately just grows. <laughs> it seems like every year. So uh, would I retaliate? Probably not. I, they'd just be dead to me. And uh, I think people privately would know the full story, which you guys know some of my other full stories privately. <laughs> and then we would just move on and and uh, treat as, uh, live as if they don't exist. There we go. Got to shed dead weight to go ahead and grow. That's how that works. All right, Leon, what about you? Well, I would continue to do what I'm doing, which is show up to this podcast every single week so I can continue to get slandered right here on YouTube, right? All my friends every single week are saying bad things about me on this show. I can't believe that Steve didn't go that route. My goodness, we do that every single week on this show. If they're a true friend... You can give it and you can take it. So if you're a true friend, this sounds like to me that this isn't a true friend. If they're slandering you, uh, if they are saying bad things about you, and my goodness, Will doesn't seem to have anybody in his corner these days. Talk about someone that's gone from the top of the heap, uh, unfortunately, to the bottom really, really quickly there. But it seems like Hollywood builds you up just to tear you down. But I enjoy coming on this show every single week and getting torn down so I can be better as a human being. Thank you guys for making me better. <laughs> there we go. That's, That's the greatest acceptance speech I've ever heard. I love <laughs> it. Somebody give the, give the man uh, RJ's uh, jersey. There we go. Let's go. All right, RJ, what about you on this one? What are you doing, boss? Yeah, so when I saw the question come across, I got worried. Because I was like, I've missed the past couple of weeks, and I felt like this was because, you know, I'm constantly saying that Steve Trang only accepts three-star reviews on real estate <laughs> disruptors. I've claimed that Leon G. Barnes is a serial killer. Um, I've claimed that CJ can't afford a, a 1080p webcam because of the <laughs> From the University of Miami, <laughs> I openly call Matthew Potter a socialist. So I just thought it was about what I've said to all my friends. Friends, <laughs> I, I mean, if someone were smearing me, I'm going to do the same thing. Steve said, "I'm just going to call him and say, yo, what's up?' Like, if we have a problem, let's deal with it uh, right here and there. Let's not, you know, take it to social media or behind my back. Let's just deal with it and uh, come to come to terms." There we go. All right. And by the way, RJ, just so you know, for full transparency, yes, this question is about you, just so that you know. This is We're, we're all figuring out what we're going to do to you. All right, CJ, what are your thoughts, man? I just pull up, you know. Uh, I pull up. I really pull up strong, you know, and I'd say, hey, like I heard you had, you know, and listen, I've maybe done this before, right? Like, hey, look. You know, what's up? I heard you had this to say. I would make sure I got confirmation first. I think sometimes people act a lot often without confirmation mm. of things, right? And react. And generally, when you don't have confirmation and you react to something third party, 
Uh, you can end up making yourself look pretty foolish. So I, I would make sure that it's factual and we would have a, a an unaggressive conversation about what was said. Uh, and then I would like, as I do sometimes, I'd like go on like a monologue, right? And I'd tell them <laughs> and I'd explain to them how great I've made their life up until now by being their friend and how much value, how much things I've done for them. And I'll tell them I'll never do anything for them ever again in my life. And I'll say, I'll see you at the top. I wish you the best. Good luck out here. And then I would spend the rest of the time I got on earth in the back of my mind. I'm, I'm crazy like Steve a little bit. And I would just make sure that any and everything that I do, they had to feel the fact that they wronged me. And I'd enjoy it. I'd, I'd get great satisfaction from it. Is this, is this one of those hand on the shoulder type conversations? Oh, yeah. I know you've used that in the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is absolutely a hand on the shoulder. But it's, 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 not, a, it's not a tight grip. There's levels to this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is different. This this is a close friend that turns on you. This is a light hand on the shoulder. Like I care. You know, I'm trying to see what's going on with you, because I'm getting ready to end your opportunity to ever get where you want to go. So, CJ's monologue there made me think of you guys. Know that I enjoy learning more about serial killers. I think Chris has watched too many mafia movies. That sounded very mafioso there. I would just make sure it was clear, you know? I wouldn't put that past Chris, right? Uh, So a couple of things here. A, I would say, RJ, I hope you understand now, when you give Real Estate Disruptors a three-star review, it hurts us too because this is on the Real Estate Disruptors channel. So (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Uh, Second, after that, it sounds like you guys haven't watched this video. This was going viral on TikTok. Have you guys not watched this? I've seen the video. You know, the first thought I, I had when I saw this video is this this has to be the craziest thing ever. I mean, this is this guy's ex-best friend. Here, here's the reality. You can obviously look at situations like this and know something must have happened where this friend felt like they got the short end of the stick in some way. Oh, yeah, they're hurt. And now they're trying to, to, to harm somebody else that that has things to lose. Like who goes on a podcast tour about their friend? They've known for yeah. you. It's crazy. Yeah, the stories are ridiculous. They're just out of control. Um, if it wasn't so bad that he's out to hurt his friend, it'd be a really funny story. I mean, it's probably something I would say about RJ, right? But to his face. <laughs> when, when does when does saying something about somebody that's true become smearing, though? I mean, I guess that's the point where it's like, Almost when you use when references smearing, like when you're smearing somebody like, almost making you make the bat look like the, the dumbass. Uh it's smearing when you say terms like baby legs and pinky toe. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think unfortunately we're in a culture with social media where nobody cares about the truth when the lie is more entertaining. And quite often the lie is always more entertaining, and people just grasp these things, they run with it, and they become stories. And they impact people's lives unfairly, unfortunately. No doubt about it. Why let the truth get in the way of entertainment? We would never want the truth. We just want the clicks. <laughs> we want the we want the eyeballs. We want the hearts. We want the follows. Forget the truth. That's why RJ does what he does. Exactly. It's what you get when you're at King Closer level. That's what happens right there. All right. Point two, Mr. Pull up over here. 
gently <laughs> with the shoulder grip over here. Uh, everybody's got a very, everybody's got a very valid point here. Uh, love that uh, Leon went the direction of like, yo, you got to dish it out and take it. Like I, I really do. I like that perspective right there. We're all on this show because we can dish it and we can take it. That's yep. why we're on this show, and that's why the show is a success. Hundred <laughs> percent. Except, except for Mr. Three Star over there. We're working on that. All right. Next up, our second favorite basketball player to talk about on the show, uh, right behind y'all. <laughs> Dray Draymond Green was ejected Tuesday afternoon for, the KD, <laughs> for unnecessarily choking Rudy Gobert uh, during an altercation between both teams. What's an appropriate reaction if your competitor is actively trying to harm your business? Start us off, CJ. Man, uh, I, I've dealt with this before, right? Uh, you just keep winning, all right? Like, you can't build anything big. Like, like greatness is – like, criticism is a result of greatness. Like, it's a direct result of greatness. Anybody who's going to try to do anything big, anything great, anything of substance, you're going to have haters, you're going to have criticism. Uh, you're going to have Draymond Greens trying to take your neck off uh, to try to injure you. It's just part of the business. It's part of the game. I'm not losing any sleep over that whatsoever. I'm just going to keep striving and thriving, right, doing my thing. And uh, shout out to the bank account, man. That's all. <laughs> there it is. He's throwing it. He's throwing in all the CJ-isms today. Man. He is. <laughs> all right. Next up, Steve, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think that was probably just a misunderstanding, right? Like, I don't think Rudy understood Draymond's perspective, right, in this whole conversation. It's, it's kind of how I feel about this. Like, I think there probably could have been a little bit more communication, maybe seeking to understand before being understood, right? Uh, beyond that, I mean, I'm kind of like with CJ on this. Uh, if you're actively trying to harm a business, as long as it's not effective, right, I'm just going to keep on going. But then we also had uh, Brad Chandler on, on, on Real Estate Disruptors. And the We Buy Houses guy hit him with a trademark violation and took down all his YouTube videos, right? In that instance, he went to war, and I don't think he was wrong, right? If someone's actually harming the way you do business, I think you got to hit back just as hard. Um, Phil Green, another colleague, right? Like someone uh, hurt his ability in the market, he went and shut that guy down. That guy's not suing another guy for the rest of his life. So if someone is actively trying to harm me and it's not working, I move on and ignore it. But if it's actually hurting my ability to make income, it's hurting my business, hurting my uh, everyone that works here, uh, hurting their future, hurting my family, you're going to get hit hard real bad, real fast. There we go. Steve's ready for war. I dig it. All right, Leon, what about you? Well, since the NBA has deemed choking um, um, unnecessary, uh, that's the word they used, um, which, by the way, RJ's like, what is this? That's that's par for the course in hockey. We allow that all the time. <laughs> but, but since it's uh, society says I can't choke someone out, um, first and foremost, I think that what we were talking about earlier with friends, you got to seek to understand. And that involves typically communication uh, between business professionals. And if that individual is not a business professional and not willing to have a conversation about you know them and how you see them as harming you um, if you can't work through that then yes you may have to take some action but you just keep doing what you're doing to cj's point the best way to drown out that harmful any harmful smear campaigns or what have you is to continue to do 
great things in your community, continue to do great business and continue to treat others how you want to be treated. You do those type of things and continue to let people know those through social media channels, marketing, those type of things. It drowns out all the bad. There we go. All right, RJ. What about what about you? Remember basketball, not hockey. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, so it's funny that we asked this question this week because this actually happened to me this week. Um, I, I made a, a yeah, I made an announcement <laughs> on social media. I guess someone didn't like it, and so they decided they wanted to go buy some fake followers um, for my Instagram account and try to get my Instagram shut down. You know, it's it's interesting when this type of stuff happens. Um, I sit in silence. The whoever is doing this is not going to know that I'm paying any attention to it. In the background, though, there are plans to protect ourselves. This is how we're going to protect it. And then this is also how we're going to resolve this situation. And and I think at that point in time, I know if it continues, we're going to enact the plan to resolve it. And more often than not, it was it gets resolved through a Cassandra DeHaas monologue like Chris Jefferson. <laughs> uh, I don't know why they get along so well, because if you've ever been in one of Cassie's monologues, my God, you will never think twice about hurting us ever again. So that's, that's how we it. That's that realtor so, training, bro. Yeah. So what do I got to do then to get RJ to stop calling people to leave us three-star reviews? Like what? I, well, to be honest with you, just be a better podcast host. <laughs> I think the good thing is since you have no influence, I don't have to worry about it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, okay, on, on the Draymond Green, do we actually think Draymond Green was in the wrong here? Fair question. Ooh. I think oh. it was excessive. Um, I do think that um, – Jimmy Vreeland and I had actually had this conversation early this morning. Um, I want that dude on my team. I mean, that dude is is going to – if he thinks that you're being choked out, he's going to come choke someone else out um, and wants to win. Uh, agree or disagree with all the antics that sometimes Draymond does. In this particular an, uh, instance, uh, it may have been a little bit much, but he thought his, his teammate was being choked out, and so he was going to go choke someone else out. I don't have a problem with that. Bro, if I am the owner of the Golden State Warriors and I see Klay Thompson's fragile knees and fragile ankles being thrown around like a <laughs> rag doll, his jersey literally gets ripped off, I want one of the other four players to do something about it. I'll gladly accept your five-game suspension to at least make sure, hey, you're not going to do this to our star players. I mean – I just you can respond, but that chokehold <laughs> for that duration. Like I said, it, it may have been a bit excessive, excessive, but um, it, it's you know you want people. I mean, in the in the eighties, the bad boys that yep. that would be nothing. I was just thinking of Lamp beer. That's you nothing. Just, like, you, you think you, you take any team into consideration? There's a reason when everybody was trying to figure out if Draymond Green was going to get traded or get extended the other year. And he got another huge contract. There's a reason they gave it to the guy. He's a glue piece in any team environment. And this is a business, uh, a sports team, whatever. Any team environment, you need a dog. You need a pit bull on your team. If you don't have somebody that's willing to punch, kick, scream, fight for you, and, and whoever whoever that, that ringer is on your team that's 
bringing in the revenue, the person that's scoring the most points. Like if you don't have somebody on your team that's going to go fight for that guy, you're not going to be around very long. Because yeah, sometimes- the last question, people are going to come at you. It, you, you need somebody that can handle that for you because, you know, sometimes when the mango butter is glistening, Potter, you know, <laughs> okay, you can't go do it yourself, baby. You got to, you know what I mean? You got to have somebody on the you team. Got someone else, yeah, someone else got to get dirty. You, you got to outsource, bro. You got to outsource. We don't, we don't have all the information either. Uh, come to find out, I know we've had this conversation about when he punched Jordan Poole, but now information is coming out that we, we said some things about Draymond at that given time being a bad teammate. Come to find out, now it's being leaked that no one was really upset with Draymond for punching Jordan. And to Chris's point, guess who got shipped out? Not Draymond. So yeah. uh, when it, it, it could it have been a little uh, excessive. Of course it could have been. It, here's, it, it what we, here's what we know for a fact, okay? Draymond Green does not need TRT therapy, okay? That testosterone was <laughs> on, baby. Like, it was raging during that moment. I knew yeah, you loved that Draymond. Draymond. <laughs> you, want, you want Draymond. You want Pat Bev on your team, right? You want Grayson Allen on your team, but you hate playing no, against these guys. No, those are different. Those are not winners. Those are not winners. Draymond's a winner. <laughs> Pat Bev and, and, and those are those guys. I don't want those guys. <laughs> Uh, out of control. All right. Point to point to RJ on that one. Number one for sit in silence and then execute. And then also for bringing us back with like, yo, do we really see anything that's wrong with this? Cause like, let's be honest, everybody, everybody needs a dream on, you know, Dennis Rodman, Bill Lambeer. You, you do, you need those guys. All right. Question number three, it's been reported that since Marvel's 2019 blockbuster film Infinity War Endgame, engagement and interest in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has been low uh, since the pinnacle of the MCU. What advice would you give Marvel to get their fans re-engaged in the series? Start us off, RJ. Oh, man. Get to talk about my old former employer, Disney, and how they're messing everything up. I mean, listen, <laughs> Disney... When are you going to learn, man? You go woke, you go broke. I mean, they just keep pushing it. They did it in Endgame. I mean, in the like the end of the movie, the end of all of what they've been building for like a decade, they decided that they wanted to end that scene with making a woman empowerment scene. It was a huge turnoff for a lot of us that are comic book fans, and it's like, yo, just tell the story. Why do you have to have an agenda? And the problem with a lot of the Marvel movies recently is that there's a hidden agenda in all of their their movies. And I think that is running people away. I've been a comic book fan since I was eight years old. And it has been probably 18 months since I've watched a Marvel movie. Prior to that, I watched every single one of them as they came out. Um, I think they just need to get back to telling good stories and get rid of the agenda. All right. All right. What about you, CJ? What are your thoughts? My bad. My mic was muted. I mean, look, I think that the, the Marvel series in general, I think it's gotten diluted. You know, there's been there's been so much stuff out, right? TV shows, movies. You know, like when, when I was growing up, like a, a, a superhero movie, right? I don't know all the universe, you know, DC, Marvel, whatever, right? But like, like when a Batman movie was coming out, like that was a big deal. 
right? Like if, if it was it was announced like a year and a half in advance, like people were going crazy for that. When Star Wars movies were coming out, like people were going nuts for that. And what you see now is just like you can get you can consume that anytime that you want. I think there's something to be said when it comes to you know uh, entertainment consumption, when it comes to edutainment consumption. I think there's really something to be said about not diluting things, right? Sometimes I think we often think the more content, the better. And everybody's on this content push. Everybody wants to do 10 reels a day, posting Facebook groups all day, do YouTube all day. I think there's something to be said about not diluting yourself so much uh, to create interest and buzz so that when you do put something out into the ecosystem, there's more, it has more impact and it's, it's better received. There we go. Less is more. Less is more. All right, Steve. What about you? Um, I think there's a lot to be said with, with RJ's point, right? I mean, the Panderverse, I think, was, was, was a great, great concept. Um, I think in addition to that, as a business owner, we have a responsibility to sell products that people want to buy. And you look at this as Shark Tank, right? Like this guy, they'll come up and like, hey, I got this idea. It's, it's a million dollar idea. It's a multi-million dollar idea. And the, 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 the panel on Shark Tank would be like, well, how do you know it's a good idea? Who actually wants to buy it? Have you had any sales? Like no one's bought it yet. It's like, well, why do you think this is a great idea? Right? So I think that there has to be uh, a responsibility as a business owner is to figure out what the audience wants. They obviously wanted the first 23 movies uh, of the or whatever it was for the cinematic universe, right? Stick to that. Uh, Netflix is, I don't want to say successful, but they have a good business model because they have analytics to see what people actually want. YouTube, you can see what people actually want. Make more of that. TikTok, Instagram, everything you put is consistent with what people actually want. Right, you can't say this is what they should consume and they'll like it. That's not how capitalism works, right? You got to figure out what they actually want and sell that to them. Okay, all right. What about you, Leon? What are your thoughts? Look, outside of Black Panther and Iron Man, um, I don't speak comic book book nerd, so I'm gonna take this to <laughs> back to business. Um, you know, uh, Steve has a good point there. If we relate this back to business, we're, you know, the Collective Genius has been around for almost 14 years. It's a community. Um, Marvel fans, Disney fans, my goodness, you want to talk about loyal fans, loyal communities. Uh, you have to ask your communities what it is that you have to you have to poll them and find out what it is that they loved about those previous movies and what they don't. Uh, they no longer like. We are always asking our membership base the things that they love, the things that they would change, what they want to see more of. Obviously, you're going to get some crazy that includes, especially when it comes to nerd talk. You're going to come, you're going to get a lot of crazy in there. But if you sift through that, there's going to be a lot of gold in that. And you can relate that back to any business. If you have bad culture, you got to find out by asking your people typically for every crazy answer, you'll get a lot more uh, gold that will help you uh, in the future. Shout out to Leon Shout for the first Leon. Robert Wensley Award of the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Is that what it's called now? Is it the Robert Wensley Award? <laughs> I'm just 
just a little bit disappointed in the fact that all of y'all stayed away from the fact that this is a, a issue that Disney is running across across the board. Disney owns Marvel, so right. this is across the board they're struggling. This is not just a Marvel thing. And to your point, CJ, on the fact that you're saying, hey, uh, too much content can dilute and, and the audience will lose like the desire to consume your content. Marvel has been putting out Spider-Man comic books and Iron Man comic books and Avenger comic books since the 60s on like a bi-weekly basis. Like, and they've not struggled to sell those comic books. So you're muted. Yeah, I'm here, CJ. Let me, let me say something on that point before you keep going. I, I think because when you when you look back at previous generations, you had multiple avenues of content consumption. Some people consume content by radio. Some people consume content by TV. Then you had people who started to consume content by phone. And so now we've progressed to a generation where the majority of consumption for entertainment is from people's phones. So like there's a singular place that that, that content is being consumed. And I think that's where it starts to get overbearing, right? Like we're all parents, right? So like we've all seen the parents or been the parents, right? Where it's like your kid's constantly on the phone, your kid's constantly consuming content. So if, you're, if your son loves Spider-Man, right? Well, the only place he's ever looking at it and watching it is on the phone, right? And so it, it just starts to dilute itself. And Disney is a business, to your point, RJ, they've spread across so many places themselves as a business, right? Like it's why they're trying to move ESPN as an asset right now because it's worth so much and they're trying to, you know, kind of replenish the coffers. There's a lot of people talking about them selling Disney plus. Uh, I think so. To- I would say CJ, you're hundred percent wrong in this, in, in, in this context here. So I think really you're, you're selling the wrong thing, right? So if your brand, if your brand is to sell products to kids, then you should sell products to, the parents, right? Like there are other decision makers at the table. If I'm negotiating on a house, I'm going to have both parties there because both people are interested. If I'm selling a product to a family, I'm not selling it just to the kid because the kid has the desire, but the kid doesn't have the money, right? No, the what I mean decision is, maker is the parents. What I mean is this, is the, the kid is the consumer of the content. You don't know what your kid right. wants to even until your kid tells you what they're interested in. But see, with the power of the purse, though, they can say they want it, and I'm saying no. No, but I'm saying right? you like, still know what they're interested in. You have to see and know what they're consuming. You don't. You didn't know your daughters were interested in Frozen until you saw them consuming Frozen, right? And so right. then you see that, and you're like, okay, well, maybe I'll get them something for Christmas for Frozen. Right, but until I see if Frozen had an agenda, that's like, hey, I'm glad that you want it. Thank you for letting me know. But Santa is busy this year, and he's all out of Frozen products. Exactly. And this is my point. Global warming. You said that the kid is the consumer of the product. So case in point, second Spider-Man movie came out. I took my son without any questions to the theaters to go see it. Then suddenly Marvel decided they wanted to insert all sorts of agendas in their movies that I'm not okay with my son or either one of my kids consuming. So now I have to wait, consume the content myself and see if it's appropriate I got for my children to watch. I understand both of y'all's points. Let me try to clarify and help both of you gentlemen out. <laughs> Disney, if you, if you go look on YouTube, Disney's been putting inappropriate stuff in children's movies since the beginning of Disney. This has been talked about forever. 
It's because it now, it's because now you all as parents, us as parents, are aware of it through the singular point that we're consuming it. You're you're aware mm. of these things, and it's a conversation literally because of social media. People on Bro, social so media. Chris, yes, a hundred percent. Disney has been doing this forever, right? Hundred percent. Well, but 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 the well, let's clarify is that. how let's far they keep quick. pushing that agenda. Clarify that though. Disney what, what drawing, drawing phallic um, uh, illustrations in Little Mermaid and things of that nature were artists, um, you know, doing you know something you know to be funny, not agendas. Agendas are a little bit different, and I think RJ, to your point earlier, when we were at when you asked that if we addressed it. You know, you ask what the question to ask, what is our advice? And our advice is to listen to people like you. That was our advice to them, because ultimately it's the consumer. I do think Chris has a point here in regards to today. We want to put especially companies that are publicly traded like Disney and have a lot of pressure on them. They have to get content out to make money and continue to push stocks and those type of things. So you can get too much of a good thing that starts to get you to a point where you're going, you know what, I, this is this is diluted now. So I think everyone has valid points here, but the at the end of the day, they just need to ask their consumers what it is that they're, that why they're not going to the box office or a, a consuming this, this anymore. Stop with the kumbaya talk. Chris is wrong. No, I, I think- Just forget I think about it. These, you guys are these <laughs> anti-woke conspiracy theorist, theorist folks. And, and it's just like the whole Bud Light thing. Like I, all you fanatic conspiracy people were on Facebook talking about Bud Light and how it was impacting that they did this, they did that. The Amheuser Bush looks fine right now. They will be fine long term as well. People are back consuming Bud Light right now. I think you guys get stuck sometimes in your own personal perspectives and how you all see things, but I don't think it has the impact overarching. Does it have impact? Yes, but does it have a long term impact? Not always, man. Not not always. We've seen this. We've seen these conversations every time, a couple of times a year, something spikes up on social media about an anti-woke cause for some some company. I haven't seen any of these companies fail, right? These companies. Give, are still, I would say give it a couple of years, Chris. Well, all right. I, I think you'd be more accurate about Tesla with that than you would about Disney. We're we're literally talking about how one of their number one franchises has declined for four years in a row. And the only the only way that is declined is because they, they have woke messaging. That's your thought. That is one of the yes, that as a, a uh god it's good to have you guys back together like it really is i love seeing rj and cj next to each other on the screen like it's amazing um i'm gonna say like look everybody has great points here they do point to leon on it though for being probably the cleanest uh answer that's there we're just gonna say that um we're gonna go ahead and get on to a message from one of our sponsors today uh, a lot of you might or might not know that apart from podcasting, wholesaling, and winning PTD semi-annually, uh, Steve and the sales disruptors uh, teach and coach the country's top home buyers to buy houses at massive discounts. What that means is that Steve helps companies learn a sales process, 
meaning he teaches them uh, what to say to homeowners to acquire properties at deep discounts with the disruptors process. Earlier this year, Steve and Ian Ross launched a sales community so that everyone can gain the same training at a ridiculous discount of $97 a month. What's even more is that and exciting is that inside the community, you will get all of Steve's courses, old and new, three coaching calls a week, resources, handouts, and access to Steve and Ian Ross for this great price, which in the past cost thousands of dollars. Simply put, sales is the surest skill to become financially free. If you're interested in joining their mission of creating 100 millionaires, go to salesdisruptors.com to become the next one. Don't forget to use your promo code Disney. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's ad libbed in today just for RJ. Just for RJ. <laughs> all right. All right. We're going to go ahead and get on to question number four. <clears throat> um, we have lately many CEOs have been talking about having their employees return to the offices or they will face the consequences of being laid off. Many CEOs say it's easier to make a connection and hold someone accountable when engaging with them daily in person compared to a remote relationship. Are CEOs in the wrong for wanting their remote employees to return to the office? Start us off, Leon. Well, before I answer that question, it's good to see you got an early Christmas present of a sense of humor, Matt. That might be the funniest Disney <laughs> promo line you've ever said uh, on this show. <laughs> Um, absolutely not. Goodness gracious. Um, it is crazy to me that we've gotten to this point where as a business owner, a CEO, I can't ask my employees to come back to the office because a pandemic forced us out of that office. Now I can't ask you to come back. Uh, obviously you as an employee have a choice. You're welcome to no longer work uh, at that particular business, but it is it, it's it's so much easier to create culture and i know that there's a lot of virtual based businesses that have good culture but i would argue that uh, in person will uh, culture will flat out beat uh, virtual culture uh, every day of the week so labor unions and those type of things were created in the 1900s uh, late 1800s for a reason they were bad work environments this is not one of those issues and absolutely as a ceo i have the ability to ask my employees to come back. There we go. All right, RJ, what about you? What are your thoughts? I feel like giving a Jimmy Vreeland answer here and just be do it. No. And then just like <laughs> pop exactly. No. Um, I, I can't believe it's taken some CEOs this long to realize like, hey, in person, I can hold you accountable and I make a connection and better company morale and all this. It's like, of course, that's always been the scenario. It's always been why we will not hire remote employees. We will only have people that could show up to the office every single day. Um, I, I don't understand why this is even a conversation. So no, the CEOs are not in the wrong. Mm, I don't know about that, RJ. I saw a TikTok where you were trying to hire someone remotely in another state. So and it, and it didn't work out. <laughs> all right all right counterpoint counterpoint all right all right cj what about you man yeah i think it's just tough man i i think that i think people should go back to work like i think in-person work absolutely makes the most sense that's already been said i agree with that wholeheartedly i i think that moment may have slipped you know i i think that there was a cultural 
generational shift that took place when it comes to the workforce. And that happened as a result of COVID. And we let that extend out so far that people have convinced themselves, you know, as, as employees that they, they don't need to do to go to work to do their job. And I, and I think what's missed in these conversations, right? We're speaking from business owners, perspectives and entrepreneurs, but as an employee, you just look at it from the perspective of, I just need to do my job. Like I got a task of things that I'm supposed to do and I'm being held accountable for. I just need to do those things. They're not, as an employee, we've all had jobs before. You're not so much caught in the, hey, well, what's the morale? What's the culture? Those are things as a business owner or management you're trying to control and drive. So I think there's just been a slip in time. And I think trying to find a way to convince masses of people again that they have to come into an office for work is going to be extremely difficult to accomplish. There we go. Okay. All right, Steve, what are your thoughts? I am so happy I live in Arizona, right? Like COVID didn't happen here. So we don't have to deal with this, right? Like this working from home thing happened for like, I want to say like a week and a half here, right? So this wasn't, this wasn't an issue whatsoever over here. I don't think they're wrong, but I also don't think they're being uh, genuine or sincere. Right. I don't think they're saying, hey, we need to come into the office uh, uh, to maintain culture, although that's factually accurate. Uh, I think this is their way of just letting people go. Right. Like, hey, we've got bloat. We've hired too many people. We need to get our expenses in order. And instead of having the tough conversations and letting go of people because of finances, I think they're saying, hey, if you can't come to the office, it's all right. You know, you're just going to have to go work somewhere else. So I don't think they're wrong, but I don't think they're being genuine either. I think this is a situation where. They're trying to, to let go of bloat. I can see that, Steve. I can also see production being down in certain industries. I mean, let's face it. There are people that are disciplined enough to work from home and frankly get more done than they might in the office just because of uh, water cooler talk and those type of things that are distractions. Um, but that, that, that's probably a piece of it. Um, but at the end of the day, this whole thing has come from a, a pandemic and we have people that have looked at this as an opportunity to continue to remain spoiled and going, why would I, I don't need to do that. Why, why do I want to do that? I, I don't have to do that because society now, now sides with me that I have choices as, as an employer and as a employer, employee, as an employer, I have the opportunity to have a choice as well, which is to say, if you don't come in, you no longer work here. Yeah. But, but how, how many companies like, cause this is really a conversation not for, for us as small business owners, right? We, we, we often small businesses work with remote employees. This is really a, a fortune 5,000 company and down problem. This is, that's what that is. And so the underlying problem here is that this is a this is a, a, a countrywide economic problem. And what I mean by that is I do think I agree with Steve in the sense that it's sleight of hand. And I think it can be sleight of hand for multiple reasons. I think one of those reasons is that we, we've got an office space problem in every major metro area across the country right now. And that that impacts not just these landlords, commercial property owners, this that impacts the economy overall. And if, if we can, as companies, get those spaces filled back up again, that's going to help a lot of other industries remain and stay profitable as well. Okay, well, since you brought that up, and the next question is going to involve the city of San Francisco. Oh, God. In the past, <laughs> TJ, when we talked about the vacant commercial buildings in San Francisco, you said we should turn that into affordable housing. So 
What are we supposed to do? Yeah, I'd love to respond to that. You know, my, some of my favorite people on the planet, I'm the most fascinated by, I'm, a, I'm an observer of people. And I, I like, I observe you right now, right? And like, I, I, I see how you, you went back to whenever that was to, to get that. Yeah. The response, unfortunately for you, RJ, applied to the question that was asked at that time. Uh-huh. Which, if you recall, was what would you do with all the vacant office space if you had to repurpose it? All right. I'll repurpose it. Just what would you do with it? Well, so you that's not if it's an office space, you're repurposing <laughs> it is not bringing back employees to make it office space, it's making it something else and making it still profitable. Who are you, Mr. Disney, inserting words to fit your agenda. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I think it's a repurpose. There's a couple of different things here. First, we got to do, we have to have a collusion of sorts, right? All the business owners have to collude together and sit and hold the line. Like everyone has to come to the office, right? That's, that's the only way it's going to work because some are okay with it, some are not, it's not going to work. We got to have collusion. Do Another thing too, masterminds too. We can, hey, I want to start a Fortune 500 mastermind. You in? So I, 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 <laughs> I, I think the other thing too, uh, Leon kind of <laughs> alluded to it. The ability to lead an organization completely remotely takes such an absurdly high level of leadership to maintain that culture, right? Like I have uh, our brokerage here at one point, right? Stunning Homes Realty. I had multiple people, multiple people say, hey, Steve, you're doing well at this with your brokerage. Why don't you expand to multiple locations? And my answer to them every time was like, I am barely competent enough as a leader to lead one location. I can't even imagine how difficult it'd be to lead six locations, right? Make sure we have consistent processes, consi- consistent service, uh, make sure the doors are all open, all open at the same time, that everyone's responding at the same time. Like being in the same building is already difficult enough to manage. I can't imagine being <laughs> all these different locations would be a nightmare. But remember, this, you know, this is not something that's unprecedented when, when it comes to having remote workers. I mean, in my 11 years in corporate, I never had sales reps in the office. They were always out in selling advertising we didn't have unless it was a meeting and even when we were on the road we were having meetings at uh, public facilities where we would rent for a second whatever to get together but this is not we're not asking people that their job is already set up as a remote worker we're talking about people that were in an office that left the office because of of a pandemic and now do not want to come back i mean that that if we really say that out loud we're like this is ludicrous. Go back to work. And if I'm a CEO, I have the right to be able to do that. I think you're setting different standards for, for the administrative people versus the salespeople. That's a toxic environment. I don't want to work at your place. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Someone's got to ring the bell. <laughs> All right. This one, this has been, this has been a great round. Uh, good to see the input given by everybody. I'm taking this one to the chat over here in the chat with 60% of the vote. It's going to go to CJ. Good job, CJ. We're proud of you uh, over here in the chat. All right. Next up, word from our other sponsor today, which is the Family Tree at Real Broker. If you are looking to make a change in your real estate business, check out the realfamilytree.com. Schedule your collaboration call with us. We will help you grow your real estate business. All right. Next up, I'm I'm gonna butcher the the guy's name. I always do this. I'm gonna try anyways. Um, this week, President Biden and Chinese President uh, Xi Jinping. 
Ping are currently meeting this week in San Francisco. No, not at all. Thank you. Would you like to read the question? (laughs) Xi Jinping. Uh, There we go. Thank you. Currently meeting this week in San Francisco to discuss several economic topics and concerns. What topics would you like them to discuss as they would pertain to real estate and your business? Start us off, CJ. Man, this this is one of those moments where like maybe RJ would be right about his old pal, you know, uh, DJ, right? Uh, DT, right? Um, Why do we need to be speaking with the president of China about U.S. real estate in downtown San Francisco? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, I think China's agenda is pretty clear uh, on what their intent is, which is like global domination economically, quite literally. Uh, so I don't know what we'd have to really talk about uh, with the uh, Potter. Do you mind saying the name again? Uh, no, I'm going <laughs> to defer to Steve. Uh, we got <laughs> Jinping. I don't know. President, President Xi, right? There we go. Um, yeah, President Xi. I, what, why would we need to be talking to this, this guy? I don't, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense to me. There we go. Can't can't hate can't hate that analysis right there. All right, Steve. What about you? What are your thoughts? I think he's the person perfect person to talk to. I don't know what Chris is talking about. I mean, I think the direction we're going, if we're gonna try to be socialist, like let's learn from the right person. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> who better than the guy that has mastered it? Right? Who who better than the guy who has thrown his predecessor into prison? Right? <laughs> I think that's the best guy to learn from. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, how do you effectively lead a corrupt organization? That's the best person to learn to learn from. So I don't know what you're talking about, Chris. Uh, as far as yeah, I think the things to learn, the things to figure out is how do we keep San Francisco streets clean on a daily basis? Because they figure out how to do it once. <laughs> we figured out how to do it once. Let's figure out how to do it again, right? Make San Francisco streets clean again. And while we're on that topic, shout out to Newsom for the most awkward press conference of all time after that occurred absolutely if you haven't seen it go watch it it is amazing all right leon what about you what are your thoughts nothing i don't want them discussing anything about real estate <laughs> my business any anything i don't want to talk about any of that why i want them talking about their relationship and peace because as long as there is peace we all have businesses um, and we all uh, can continue in real estate. I want them fig- uh, figuring out bigger global issues between our two countries and keeping the peace and not pushing buttons to harm each other. That's that's what they should be focused on while meeting. All right. Interested to see what uh, San Francisco's number one supporter has to say on this. Uh, RJ, what are your thoughts? Just I, I ran out of time. I've been writing down so many questions I have about this. <laughs> Sleepy Joe in San Francisco. What a magical day that's going to be. Um, <laughs> will the two presidents be partaking in some of the local drug scene? <laughs> I just want to know that. Um, will they do anything about the poop on the streets? Is that acceptable or will they fix that? Um should all of the vacant commercial buildings be used for affordable housing like Chris Jefferson said? <laughs> what do you think, Chris? Do you think they're going to talk about that at all? You're muted. Thank God. So, 
I, I mean, <laughs> realistically, I'm like, Leon, I don't want them talking about real estate. I definitely don't want them talking about our, our business at all. Um, I, I like Steve said, I mean, we know what China's agenda is. Um, no one's really sure what Sleepy Joe's agenda is at all. Um, it's very confusing. Almost as confusing as listening to Potter try to pronounce China's president's name. <laughs> Equal opportunity offender. Yeah, <sighs> there we go. There's RJ insulting the judge, not getting points again. So CJ, how can you say absolutely <laughs> certain that China wants world domination? Bro, come on, man. They're invading, how do you defend that position? They're in, they're financially invading every country that has resources. What are you talking about? They they quite lit. You think you think people are just coming over here buying stuff? You think that they got people over there? Unfortunately, sadly, got people working in in low wage. Is that the politically correct way to say sweatshop? Slave right? slave wage. You got you got you got people working in sweatshops, man, for for nothing. And you think that wasn't intentional? You think that they didn't know way back when they started manufacturing the majority of U.S. goods? that that would be a way to have, like, we can't even separate from them, right? Like we, we're, we're in debt to them. I just want to go on the record. I want to know what Chris means when he says you people. <laughs> yeah. Well, shout out to the resident. <laughs> shout out to, shout out to our resident Asian, but this is, <laughs> this isn't like, this isn't Disney woke conspiracy. This is <laughs> shout out to RJ as well. Why did they choose San Francisco? Like why? That just it feels like he's going to be the next president, right? Like well, imagine, you gotta... if they, imagine if they came to Dallas, Texas, <laughs> <laughs> or DeSantis. Yeah, he's not going to meet. He's not going to meet DeSantis, right? Leon, he's a new president. I, that's that's the reason why you got to you got to meet him that. before he before he goes in the office. Well, and, and San Francisco's top three in Chinese population, I believe. Yeah. Um, Houston, San Francisco, I think. Is, so that may have had something to do with it uh, as is well. It really? but San Francisco? I believe yeah. it's one of the highest. I think it's in the top three of Chinese population. I would have thought for sure Los Angeles, New York. In San Francisco? I think it's top three. <laughs> top five. Well, no, you said Houston, right? So Houston makes sense. Houston's up there as well. Yeah. Nah, yeah, I definitely thought there was a ton of Asians in Houston for sure. Yeah. Man, Chris just keeps <laughs> going with this. Like, I, I choose to live colorblind, and Chris sees Asian people everywhere. Listen, I was just in Houston this past weekend where my son played hockey. The street signs there are not in English. They're they're written in Chinese, I guess Mandarin or Chinese. I, they're not in English. So, yes. I'm just playing that culturally aware. Thank you, RJ. Appreciate that, too. Yeah. Someone go and if you can find the Titanium podcast, if you can find it, <laughs> leave a three star review. Dude, why not choose violence? Go go two or one, bro. Like, come on. <laughs> the three uh, is unbelievable. Absolute. Uh, we I saw a little bit of a glimpse uh, for those that have watched the show for a long time. Uh, we call him 420 Steve. Uh, he was the he was the greatest Steve of all time on uh, April 20th. Came in hot with just sarcasm. Uh, saw 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 it again right there with the hey, if we're going to be a communist country, why not learn from the best and or a socialist country? Sorry, socialist. So points to Steve on that one. We're going to get into question number six. This is going to be the deciding factor. Uh, we have Josh Dobbs has been praised for his recent performance uh, for the Vikings after being traded from the Arizona Cardinals and taking over for the injured Kirk Cousins. 
How can someone inside an organization show their value and worth to be more impactful in their organization? Start us off, Steve. So Jim Rohn is one of my uh, favorite um, uh, inspirational speakers. And one of the things he talks about is doing more than what you're paid for, right? Coming in and working hard, adding value to the company, operating as if you, maybe not as if you own the company, but pretty darn close, right? Looking for places to, hey, here are areas we can improve. Here are areas that maybe we should stop doing this. But where they treat the business like it's their business, entrepreneurs, that's what we like to see as far as adding value. So uh, coming in every day, working hard, busting your butt, adding value. And that's how you can do one of a few different things. Uh, you can move up the ranks faster. You might be able to earn equity. You might be able to earn profit share, whatever. But you're going to get paid and compensated more because you're doing more than what you're paid to do. There we go. All right, Steve. What about you, Leon? <coughs> I'll say what Steve was trying to say, but much better. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> He's nice to do everyone your, but me. Do your job and the future job that you want to do. So this is something that when someone comes in, they may have aspirations to not necessarily be an owner, but a CEO. If that's your aspirations, start down the path of doing your job really well, be available, work your tail off, ask great questions, ask those that are above you all the time, be curious, but more importantly, start doing the job today that you want tomorrow. There we go. Forward thinking. I like it. All right, RJ, what about you? The Netflix documentary quarterback was amazing. It showed us Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota. And what you learned is, is uh, the reason why Marcus Mariota has never won in the NFL. And you learned why Kirk Cousins' teammates love him. You know, Justin Jefferson talks about, hey, I want Kirk Cousins to be my quarterback moving forward. That's a generational talent choosing his quarterback to be the guy he plays the rest of his career with. And you see Kirk Cousins now in this you know moment of injury, his actions speak so much louder than the words that he says to you know say the right thing. He cares about the Vikings winning championships. He's showing up and still providing value to his team, teammates, even potential future replacements for him on the team. He doesn't care. He cares about the team winning and his other teammates that he cares about. That's true leadership. Um, I think it's uh, amazing to see what Kirk Cousins has done since taking that injury. There we go. All right, CJ, what about you? What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm, I'm loving this Dobbs story. Uh, just as a football fan, uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, just as being first place in our, our fantasy football league uh, that that RJ participates in and did a backdoor trade in. Shout out to RJ. Um, you know, <laughs> so I, love, I, love, I, love, I love this Dobbs story because you you are most people in life they play to expectations. When you start getting to the spot where you learn to always play to exceed expectations, special stuff starts to happen. This guy just needed a shot. Uh, I think they said he's been on five teams already this season, right? Uh, you know, he balled out with the Cardinals, but, you know, Kyler came back or was coming back. Now he's over here in, in Minnesota, first game over, guy goes and gets a Vic. Uh, I think it's a great story. Uh, and just showing to always be ready, always be prepared. Uh, I think Kurt, to uh, to RJ's point, uh, I mean, I think he's that team's quarterback. We, we still miss him over here. 
uh, in Washington dearly. Um, but what I, what I do like is I think the organization is rallying behind as a team. We talked about culture and all those things earlier. I think this story and what's happening for this team is a direct result of that, like a direct example of that. And, and shout out to the Dobbs for coming in with the, like the mindset to adopt whatever culture the Vikings have. Um, cause you go hear his story about what happened to him and that just toxic, just shithole of an organization called the Cardinals. Um, sorry, Steve. Uh, uh, don't be sorry. It's the reality. I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, literally the coach is telling him the day before he gets traded, like you're my quarterback, you're starting. And, and then the next day it's just kidding. You're not starting. And then he's traded. I mean, he comes over with such a great attitude and the stories about him, like, not knowing the play calls, literally the head coach is telling him or a snap count means in his head. It's crazy. You didn't know the snap counts. Yeah. Um, so are you apologizing for swearing or apologizing with the Cardinals? Cause there's no need to apologize with the Cardinals. We just <laughs> <laughs> on a three podcast. Of an organization. So I just want to go on the record that neither RJ or CJ answered the question. And Leon's answer to the question is, uh, hey, where do you see yourself in five years in your job? Right, that was that was Leon's answer. Yeah, I want you to replace me because if you're replacing me, that means I'm continuing to level up. You can tell a lot about an individual right out of the gates, and I think this is uh, resonating with Dobbs' story of how they walk in, what they do. Are they do they feel like they're above certain things within the organization, especially um, you know at events like ours when we hire someone. Um, when someone comes in and they're willing to put up signage and take down signage and go right in for tell me what else I could be doing. Those are the type of things that are measured, especially by executives that you're trying to impress. So it's not just do the job that you want to do in the future. It's also be humble enough to do anything that's asked of you. Well, and, that, and that's what I mean by play to exceed expectations, right? I think, again, often people just show up to do their job. People just show up to do enough. People just show up to hit the KPI. No like doubt. The, the people that are of value to an organization long term. See, everybody wants long term relationships. Everybody wants equity splits. Everybody wants this. Everybody wants to make big money. This kid Dobbs is going to get paid for real. He's going to make a lot of money. He's going to get generational wealth uh, because he's played. He's played here in the la in this last couple of months to exceed out all expectations. And now, now it's an underdog story. I mean, look, this country is built on underdog stories. We love them. Uh, shout out to Disney. All right. <laughs> I think the, I think the, shout out to Disney. Shout out to woke Disney. All right. So I think the, that's just beautiful. The, easy, the easiest answer that we could have uh, come up with for this particular question, based yeah. upon our earlier question, is just show up to work. And you have the value and worth if you just come into the office. I mean, but I will say, with all due respect to what Dobbs has done, I think that the story here is more about how Kirk Cousins has reacted to this injury and since then. Take Aaron Rodgers, for example, exact same injury. Aaron Rodgers is going all the way to California for his rehab. He's not a part of their practices He's not really there on a day-to-day -day basis for Zach Wilson, and you've seen Zach Wilson suffer because of that. Kirk Cousins is doing his rehab in Minnesota. He's there with Josh Dobbs, and he's helping him become a part of the organization that he wasn't a part of two weeks ago. I think that makes a, a huge difference in the results. And 
pretty similar circumstances. Um, I understand. What I you're think. Saying, but don't I put think it's Zach Wilson on 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 Rogers. That's he's just bad. Yeah, it, Kirk, <laughs> yeah. Kirk, Kirk is on like what, like an eighty-six or ninety million dollar fully guaranteed two year, and he's going to get paid again. I, I mean, look, did I be I be high fiving and clapping on the side too, man? Yeah, I think RJ. I I, I hear what you're saying, but. Aaron Rodgers has a chance to come back this season. Kirk doesn't. That there's so you're telling me there is no one that can rehab an Achilles tendon in New York City. I mean, what Aaron's trying to do, there's only one person has ever done what Aaron Rodgers is trying to do, and that's Terrell Suggs. And for sure, there was drugs involved in that one. Right. So like well, I mean, no one comes back from an Achilles tear that fast. Have you seen that he's not there in the organization? I've seen him at, on the sidelines for every game. He shows up for the games, but it is very – it's been publicized that he is rehabbing in California. He is not there during the week. Kirk Cousins is there. And it goes deeper than that. I mean, the day after the injury, Kirk Cousins showed up for his charity events and was signing autographs. And, like, dude, this is this is, like, kind of a – a potentially like career threatening injury for Kirk Cousins. I mean, he's in his late thirties, right? I mean, what he's 36, 37, something like that. This isn't I like never him. dunked after my Achilles injury, so like I hear you. To be fair, you never dunked before either, but well, look, we, we, we don't care about that part. <laughs> he felt that that's that pes those pesky facts, you know. We just want the entertainment. <laughs> just, just so everyone knows the reference dunk. because you only see us from here up. Steve Trang is the shortest member of Part of Disruption, and he talked about dunking in basketball. He, he's he's coming in at four foot thirteen. Uh, my guy, uh, Eric Brewer, is on the show. What are you talking about? Who is that? Oh, that's my little buddy. If you don't know what I mean by that, go check out my real word. My little buddy. Eric, Yo. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm taking this one to the chat. RJ, you get the point on this, but here we go. It's a tie between you and CJ. And who was it that said some that was talking some smack about my judging earlier? Yeah, go ahead. You're woke too. <laughs> go for Mr. Disney over there, and y'all can enjoy the weekend. Again. Yo, just for that, I'm gonna take your point away, and I'm gonna give it to C. I'm gonna give it to actually Leon, but I'm still gonna let CJ win. CJ wins today. <laughs> All right. For real, though, this show was amazing. It was good uh, chopping it up with you guys, as always. I love that we have great banter here. Um, you know, no, if we're going to smear, you know, if we're going to have a smear campaign, it's going to be right here on this show. We're not doing it behind anybody's back. Uh, absolutely great show today. Thank you, everybody, to, for tuning in. We're going to go ahead and do some outros. Start it off with our champion this week returning. Uh, CJ, go ahead and say bye to the people. Nah, man, it feels good to win 1K. Um, I just got a, <laughs> I just got, a, I just got a text. I don't know who sent me this text, man. They said shout out to RJ's Disney Plus subscription uh, on, the, on the win. All right, uh, <laughs> it's always good to see you guys, man. It really is. Uh, Leon, you look, you're looking sharp, man. I'm feeling motivated and inspired. Uh, your lights hitting strong over there. It's good to see you. Uh, you know, RJ. I mean, whatever. <laughs> um you know it's good to see you as well man i'm glad you can uh, see me now hey listen i'm the resident black guy you're the resident asian man uh, <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta keep that minority bond uh, strong on ptb uh yeah potter 
my guy. Uh, you know the vibes, man. Hey, it's good to see everybody, man. I'll see y'all next week. Peace. Yeah. And we're really happy that Leon went ahead and shot over, uh, you know, his cameraman's uh, CI to you, so we can go ahead and so we can go ahead and get you in 4K next week. We'll you know, get that's what, figure it out, man. We'll get figure it out. That's what we're trying to do. All right, Steve, say bye to the people. Uh well, I mean, I think it was a, a, a very pleasant show. I think the judging was 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 definitely a little, a little off there. Uh, so. We've, we've spent the last two weeks beating a dead horse with the Realtor Association. I guess today we're beating up Disney. So if you guys can just go in the chats and let us know who we should offend, offend next week, it would really make our lives and jobs a lot easier. So just let us know in the chats who should we attack next week. So thank you guys. Always, always a good time. Except for the I've heard great, I've heard great things about San Francisco. Let's start with that next week. All right, Leon, say bye to the people. <laughs> Always good to be back with my friends who uh, smear campaign <laughs> us every single week, but uh, I'll keep coming back. And I, I'm, I'm starting to think that the fix was in. Um, I don't know if I've ever noticed that CJ had bottles in the background. See, he's already prepared to pop bottles. So he knew he was going to win. So just make well, sure you. that you share those. Bring those on down to family next time you're down here so we can pop them together. Good seeing you guys. Absolutely. There you go. Hey, last but certainly not least, Mr. Judgey himself over there. Say bye <laughs> to the people, RJ. <laughs> uh, first and foremost, um, I want to give a shout out to Miss um, Summer Wilkins for the jersey. Um, it was a very thoughtful present. I appreciate you, Summer, for thinking about me, recognizing me, making sure it has my number 22 on it making sure it has my name, the King Closer on it. I really appreciate all of the thought that you put in to sending me a hockey jersey. So thank you, Summer. Um, Steve? Yep. Um, Leon, it was good hanging out with you. Potter, you still suck as a judge. You still have a job. And uh, CJ, enjoy your weekend at Disneyland, man. <laughs> Yo. For real, shout out to Summer. Uh, she's the greatest. Uh, you know, she makes sure that everything's taken care of and runs smoothly around here. Um, so I, if I was judging those outros, clearly RJ is not going to win, um, just like today in the, in the show. Uh, it has been a great show. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Go ahead and check us out on at Pardon the Disruption uh, on YouTube. Go ahead and like, subscribe. We do this every Thursday, uh, 2.30 Eastern. I guess we're 12.30 Mountain Standard Time now. Um, you know, we'll go ahead and see you guys next week. Have a good one.